Hazard Audio. Recorded live at the Launchpad Studios in Chicago, Sports Appeal. This is going to be a home run. I just know it because I can see into the future. With your hosts, Steve Gross and Matt Axelrod. Play ball. Welcome to Sports Appeal. I'm Steve Gross. And I'm Matt Axelrod. We're your regular hosts. You can find us every week right here on podbean.com. Just search for Hazard Audio. Uh, you can also get us on the Rivet News Radio app or the Stitcher Radio app. Both of those available on the iTunes App Store or Google Play. We'd love for you guys to tweet at us. Find us on Twitter at The Sports Appeal. Tweet us questions, comments, any suggestions for the show. Or if Twitter's not your thing, send us an email, sportsappealshow at gmail.com. All the music for our show is provided by Full Service. Uh, all of their music can be found on Spotify or iTunes. And as always, we're produced by Johnny Five. hey And powered by Hazard Audio. This week's show, we're going to talk about Adrian Peterson and his suspension being lifted. We're going to talk about the ridiculousness of the NCAA rules in college football. But first, we're going to start with the big story dominating sports for the past week or so, which is Derrick Rose getting injured, hurting his knee again. Uh, we originally thought he was going to be out for the season, and we we're going to talk about the Bulls' chances of making the playoffs and succeeding without him. But now it sounds like he might be back in a few weeks. Yeah, it does. It's good to hear that he's going to be back. Man, when I heard the news, I was pretty crushed initially. It was weird, too, because the Bulls didn't even play that night. So I was watching the Blackhawks game. I'd had a couple drinks, and then I go to ESPN after the Blackhawks game was over, and I see their lead story on the homepage was Derrick Rose going down with another knee injury. And at first I was like, man, why are they running a story from last year? Is someone falling <laughs> asleep at the wheel at ESPN? Then I read the details. Nope. Derrick Rose is hurt again, and I, I was pretty crushed. I didn't know whether to believe it at first, because I first saw it on Twitter, and I was like, this can't be true. He can't have blown his knee out again. And it turns out it was. I, I, I was incredulous. I could not believe that Derrick Rose hurt his knee again. But it does sound like he's going to be back, maybe even time for the playoffs. How effective is he going to be when he comes back, though, is the question. That is an interesting question. He, it it kind of goes back to this whole year. I, I don't feel like he's improved that much throughout the course of this year. But he has been very good in stretches. He's had games where he's looked like his old self. And in pretty much every game, he's had a few plays where he's looked like his old self. He clearly still has the athleticism. It's taking him longer to shake off the rust than I thought it was going to. So I, I think there is a chance that he can come back in the playoffs and be dominant, especially because for the most part, his better games this season have been when uh, when he needed to. You know, it was in the clutch situations that he'd break it out. I don't want to say the Bulls are going to be better without Derrick Rose, but I think they're going to be fine without him. He hasn't been that good this year. He hasn't been Derrick Rose. The question of whether or not he's going to be effective after he comes back from this injury, I think the answer is definitively no. You know, he had 46 games, I think, this year, and he's still not himself. I think after another injury and another surgery, I really don't think he's going to come back with the kind of confidence that he needs to be the player that he was. I think that's his biggest issue because he's not driving to the hole as much. He's taking way too many three-pointers. His three-point percentage is cataclysmic. It's terrible. So I think he's just going to kind of fall into this jump shooting thing again. He's taking a lot of shots that he doesn't need to be taking. I think that this season, we'll see what happens. I like the fact that he's probably coming back this year in terms of his prospects for next season because yeah. the biggest problem is he's just rusty. And it he missed basically two full seasons of play. So this season was pretty much part of his rehab process. It's not too surprising that he's not back to full strength yet because he missed so much time. So getting back this season, getting some playoff games under his belt, assuming he can actually stay healthy, which 
obviously I'm starting to have doubts about now. Yeah. Uh, assuming he can get back to being healthy somehow through the miracles of modern medicine, maybe then, you know, this will be good for him next year. Because I think missing an entire other uh, half of the season, including the playoffs, and trying to come back again next year would just be too difficult. And he'd have another season of just trying to get his win back. Now you're talking like a Chicago sports fan. Talking about next season already when we're only halfway through this season. Classic Chicago sports. You know, yeah, I will say that that's for Derrick Rose. It's not. I haven't given up hope of the Bulls winning a title this season. Really? I think that Yeah. They're, it's obviously much more of a long shot now. But they do have the most talent around him that they've had in the Derrick Rose era. So if he can string some good games together in the playoffs, they can make up the difference just based on the talent around him. Actually, I might say that the the Bulls are better without him if they had another point guard. They don't. I mean, they have Aaron Brooks. They, what are you talking about? They've... They got Joakim Noah. <laughs> in, in the two games that, that Derrick Rose hasn't been playing now since this injury, Joakim Noah's had seven assists and then eight assists. So I, I think they got their point guard thing figured out. I think Noah's averaging more assists per game than Derrick Rose anyway for the season. He's not because Noah, he could be. He he probably could be. But he hasn't been just because he's been leaving the point guard play up to Derrick Rose. Last season, I do believe Joakim Noah had more assists per game than Rose has this season, which is pretty fucking crazy. Derrick Rose is a really athletic point guard. Like He really relies on his athleticism and driving in the lane and, and you know kicking it out once he gets in the lane making these crazy athletic circus layups, but he hasn't been doing that a whole lot this year. And if they had another point guard who could actually run the point, which Joakim Noah's not. I mean, he's a great Mm. passer, but he's not a point guard. So if they had another one, I'd say they might even be better off without him this year because he's been taking a ton of shots. His shooting percentage is down. His points per game are down. Assists per game is down. Rebounds per game is down. He's just not the same guy. He's not even a top 10 point guard this year, I don't think. Mm, No, I'd agree. And, And by the way, I just looked it up out of curiosity. Joakim Noah last year averaged 5.4 assists per game. Derrick Rose this year is averaging 4.9. Yeah. So he literally was having more assists per game last year, which is insane. There you go. Yeah. So Dirk, I mean, he's never really been an assist guy, I guess. He's always been more of a scoring point guard. I don't know if that's true. In his MVP season, he averaged 7.9 assists per game. His career average is 7 assists per game. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I just pulled it up. His Assist per game is 6.5 for his career, so that's pretty good. But just for this year, especially in three-point shooting, he's been taking a lot of three-point shots. He's taken the most of his career this season, and he was 24th out of 24 qualified point guards in three-point shooting, and 94 out of 95 players in the NBA that qualified. The only one that was worse is Nicholas Batum. Derrick Rose being out, it's a big loss for the Bulls. We'll see what happens in the next few weeks. I'd like to see him back for the playoffs. I don't think he's going to be that effective, though. Mm. Now, speaking of those athletic point guards, the other one that comes to mind instantly is Russell Westbrook, who has been playing just on a tear this season. He missed the start of the season, 14 games at the beginning of the season due to injury, but since then he's been playing at an MVP caliber. Uh, He's putting up one of the best point guard seasons in history of basketball. His stats are just off the charts. Especially lately with Kevin Durant being out, Russell Westbrook's really had to pick up a lot of the slack. And he's been there, man. I mean, he's taking a ton of shots. He's a really high-volume shooter when Durant's not on the floor. But he's just kind of taken over and been like, you know what, this is my team. I'm going to do it all myself. Uh, And he's gotten, you know, supporting roles from a lot of different players on any given night. You know, the other night it was Mitch McGarry who came out of nowhere. Ben Serge Ibaka. It's been, you know, Enos Kanter had a good game for them. So his help's been coming from a lot of different places, but really it's been Westbrook's team. Yeah. Now look at these raw stats because they are incredible. Points per game, 26.5. 8.1 assists per game, 6.8 rebounds per game. And in his last 10 games, he has averaged 
30 points per game, a steal and a half, 10 assists per game, and 9 rebounds per game for the last 10 games. That's fucking crazy. It is crazy. And he's been, especially his last 10 games, he's been absolutely exploding the stat sheet. And I th- think he's a legitimate MVP candidate. I agree. The only, I think the only thing that goes against him is he has Kevin Durant on his team. I mm-hmm. think that really affects his chances of winning the MVP. I think Steph Curry is kind of running away with it anyway, in my mind at least. And Harden's another, I another think prospect. It, I think it's going to be Harden. I don't know why I don't, I don't think Harden is. He gets a lot of his points on free throws, which is fine. But a lot of the calls that he gets on those fouls are a little bit questionable. There's been a lot of talk on sports, especially on sports radio lately, about the foul calls that he gets. That he just goes in the, in the lane, has no ambition of actually scoring. He just wants to get to the free throw line. For me, that kind of cheapens it a little bit. I still think Steph Curry's the that's, favorite. That's a fair criticism. But now, I think Russell Westbrook, even though he's on the same team as Kevin Durant, I think he should be being considered. Now, speaking of Westbrook and playing without Durant, these last three games, he's had three triple-doubles. And now, granted, he's doing it on fairly poor shooting percentage for the most part, but he still does have three triple-doubles. But as to whether or not he's an MVP, it begs the question, is he actually helping his team by doing that? Yeah. Of those three games, they've lost two of them, including one to a pretty good but definitely inferior Phoenix team. Yeah, that's a great point. And the shooting percentage has been a problem for him. I think that's kind of the one hole in his game, especially over the last few weeks. But he's a hole in his face now, too. So we'll see what happens with that. Have you, did you see this injury? I did. Poor guy, man. In fact, we just tweeted that out from our Twitter. The picture so, of it. Yeah, check us out at The Sports Appeal if you want to see a picture of poor Russell Westbrook's face. Because he literally has a dent in his face after taking a knee to the face in the final two and a half seconds of the game that they ended up losing. And he actually, in true Kobe Bryant style, finished out the game. Didn't even come out till after the game was over to get the hole in looked at. Yeah, he's probably going to have to end up wearing the Rip Hamilton mask for a little while. Which, has he worn one of those before? Was it Kyrie Irving that had the black one? Yeah, Kyrie like Irving. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was a good look for him. I like that. It was a good look for him. All right, so we're going to go to the Tweet Zone now. We're going to throw it to our producer, Johnny Five, to read tweets from you guys this week. Tweet Zone. Hit the tweets. Heidenfeld Emily wants you guys to talk about the concussion prevention in the NFL. The NFL has had a big problem with concussions lately, and there's been a lot of talk about how to fix this issue. Uh, Matt, you and I were actually talking about this the other day, and you said you wanted them to go back to leather helmets. Well, I, I don't know if I necessarily want them to go back to the leather helmets, but it is an interesting solution that has been suggested because there have been tests that show that the leather helmets do help reduce the incidence of concussions in the NFL and in the lower leagues especially where there aren't quite such hard hits. And the reason they do that is because they soft the blows more. You don't have plastic hitting against plastic. It's soft leather hitting against soft leather. Now, the problem with that when you dig further is there are more fatalities that happen when you have the leather helmets. So I don't know if it's such Small a Small drawback. <laughs> yeah. So it'll help with concussions, but more people die. Not quite sure if that's really the direction they want to go in. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what the answer is, but I don't think it's leather helmets. I, you know, I th- they're doing a lot of good things right now. They have this heads-up program they're doing where they're teaching kids to tackle, you know, with their head up instead of hitting a guy directly with your head. So I think that's helping a lot. But in the, at the pro level, these guys are so big and so fast that, you know, a lot of these concussions that you see is a wide receiver ducks at the last second or, you know, a defensive back gets hit by a linebacker and they end up crashing heads. So it's not really something that I think is avoidable. And I'm not sure a leather helmet's going to really solve that at all either. Right. But I think the NFL is kind of doing all they can, doing research on helmets, trying out new prototypes and teaching kids how to tackle better. And at least it's better than than it was back in the old days, because the NFL is still in the process of handling lawsuits from old players where they used to like hide the damage and 
not and lie to the players about how hurt their heads were. And so that's why the league is being sued for millions of dollars because they were actually being dishonest about it. At least they're not doing that anymore. Yeah, they're kind of treating it like Big Tobacco was treating uh, the carcinogen thing with smoking. Let's move on to our next tweet. At Ray Ray Charles 33 is uh, tweeted into us, Vince Young attending the Veteran Combine. Yes, you read that correctly. Will him or Michael Sam get signed? Vince Young is more likely to get signed than Michael Sam, but I think that the Veteran Combine doesn't impact that whatsoever. Vince Young is a known quantity. He's been picked up for a team every year for the last few seasons, although he did end up retiring last year. Now he's trying to make a comeback. Michael Sam, on the other hand, there isn't nearly as much known about him. Like, yeah, he was just in the rookie combine, but at least this will give him a chance to show whether or not he's progressed. You don't have the history of playing in the league and being on teams like you do with Vince Young. Michael Sam, when he went to the rookie combine, was a huge disappointment. I mean, I remember when he ran his 40, it was like five seconds, and everyone was really disappointed by his showing at the, at the rookie combine. So I think this is a chance for him to really change people's perceptions of what he can do physically. I think I agree with you. You kind of answered a different question, which is who has more to gain, who has more to prove at the veteran combine, and that would be Michael Sam. But I think uh, Ray Ray Charles' question here about who is more likely to get signed, it's got to be Vince Young. Yeah, no, I, I for sure agree with that. Yeah, there's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks still. He's a veteran. He's been around for a while. He could probably help out some of these young guys. I'm sure he could help out Jameis Winston or Marcus Mariota if they came into the league. So I think he definitely has a better chance of getting signed. But at the end, I'm not sure either one of these guys is going to get signed. Also, I heard this. I don't know how true this is, but I heard Brady Quinn wanted to go to the veteran combine and the NFL said thanks, but no thanks. I hope that's true. That's hilarious. Final tweet from JC Victor. What is your stance on the court storming in college basketball? I think it's fine. People are making a big deal out of it, you know, with the safety of the players. And Bill Self got pinned up against the scorer's table at the Kansas-Kansas State game. So people are saying, oh, you know, it's a big safety concern, yada, yada, yada. I get that. You can't take this away. This is one of the most beautiful things in amateur sports. It really is. I agree. And the other thing is, I don't think anyone's ever really been hurt from court storming. So maybe if injuries start to happen, then you re-examine the issue. Until they do, it's been happening for so long without any injuries. As dangerous as it looks, I don't think it's really a problem. Yeah, just get a handful of security guards and, you know, wall off where the opposing team is and let them go to the locker room. But, you know, if the kids want to storm the court after a huge win for their school, let them do that. That's part of the collegiate experience. I've done this before. My brother went to a school at Arizona, and I was down there visiting him for a football game. And we all rushed on the field. And it's one of the most exciting sports moments of my life. And, you know, I've been to a lot of games. I've been in a lot of games. And that was one of the most exciting things I've ever done. So I love the storming the court, storming the field thing. For the most part, people are pretty well behaved. There have been no serious injuries that I can think of. I'm sure there have been some. People are probably going to tweet us, oh, this happened. But, you know, whatever. It's just let the kids have fun. They're not trying to hurt anybody. Yeah, I wish I could have experienced it. I went to DePaul, so that <laughs> didn't happen. But, yeah, hopefully DePaul can, can get their program together now that they'll have an actual stadium in a couple of years. But it would have been nice to take part in that. Absolutely. So send us tweets this week, guys. We're at the Sports Appeal. We really enjoyed interacting with you during the game of the week this week, which was Golden State against Cleveland. We had a great time with you guys tweeting about that. So we're going to do a game of the week again this week where we watch the game, you guys watch the game, and we interact with you on Twitter. Give us all your reactions and tell us what you think about our thoughts. So this week, our game of the week is... This week, we're going with Oklahoma City versus Chicago. It is an 8 Eastern, 7 Central game on Thursday. So join us at the Sports Appeal, and we will be live tweeting throughout the game. I'm really looking forward to this game, even though Derrick Rose is out, 
and Kevin Durant might be out. It should still be an exciting game because these are still two teams with playoff hopes and championship aspirations. We're really looking forward to this game. See if Russell Westbrook can uh, get another triple-double. We need to go to break, but stay right here with the Sports Appeal. Your host, Steve Gross, and me, Matt Axelrod, every week right here on Podbean.com. Tweet at us at the Sports Appeal and email us at sportsappealshow at gmail.com. Hazard Audio. Hey yo, Johnny Five here, producer of Sports Appeal, and if you're interested in partnering up with the show or sponsoring, you can always reach out to us, shoot us a tweet, you'll know that, or you could reach out very directly, hazardradio.audio at gmail.com, or you can call me, 516-770-7120, that's 516-770-7120, let's get right back to the show. Back to Sports Appeal. We've been talking a lot of NBA at the beginning of the show. We're going to change gears now. We're going to talk a little bit of football. We'll start with Adrian Peterson. His suspension has been lifted by the NFL. They said he was reinstated. Now it turns out he's not reinstated. I'm not sure what's going on with that. However, his future with the Vikings, either way, is in question. He's expressed to the team that he wants to be traded, and his agent even got into a physical altercation at the Combine with one of their front office members, which had to be broken up by another former front office member who now works for ESPN. So, you know, they're kind of pushing each other, and the agent said Adrian Peterson will never play for the Minnesota Vikings again. They have his contract. They can do whatever they want with him. They can make him sit out for the year if they want to. What would you do if you were the Vikings? I mean, obviously, you got to try and trade him, and as big as his contract is, this is Adrian fucking Peterson we're talking about you gotta assume he has some trade value yes some considering how big his contract is i don't think it's going to be that significant a trade value because as phenomenal of a player as he is that is still a ton of money to pay a running back especially one who's been in the league as long as he has and who is now 29 and is about to turn 30 yeah but adrian peterson at 29 and other running backs at 29 there's a huge difference. He's kind of the he's the exception to the rule, I think. He is a physical freak of nature. He's just so imposing. He runs away from people. He runs over people. He's just he is the most complete back in the NFL, I think, as far as a rusher. He obviously is an incredible athlete, but I still I don't think he's the exception to the rule because he has had some injuries over the course of his career. No worse than you'd expect from a running back, but he's not immune to injury issues. So it would not surprise me to to see him really start to fade in the near future here. So you're saying you you wouldn't want him on your team? Let's say the Bears don't have Matt Forte. Are you saying you would not want Adrian Peterson at his current salary on your team? I'm not saying it's a slam dunk, that's for sure. If it's for two more years, then hell yeah, I'd love him on my team. If it's anything more than that, I'd think real long and hard about it. If I was the Vikings, I would definitely trade him. I think you can get some good value for him. I think you get at least two first rounders. And there are a lot of teams who are looking for running backs right now. He said that he wants to go to the Cowboys. Jerry Jones has said, hell yeah, I want Adrian Peterson. The relationship between the Vikings and Peterson has deteriorated to the point where I think if I were the Vikings, I would trade him to anyone but the Cowboys just to stick it to him. Adrian Peterson's father said he's heard that guy never has a problem talking. He's always always saying what's on his mind. He said he's heard rumors about Arizona. He's heard rumors about the Colts, which could you imagine Andrew Luck and Adrian Peterson on the same team? That would be crazy. And they don't have a good rushing attack. That would be a really big missing piece for them. The rushing attack was okay before Ahmad Bradshaw got hurt. He was a big piece of their team, but he actually was. I mean, a Ahmad Bradshaw is yeah. good, but you're talking Ahmad Bradshaw versus Adrian Peterson. Yeah, no, absolutely. Right, and man, can you imagine if if the Colts actually pick up Adrian Peterson 
and managed to sign Dominic Sue like we were talking about a couple weeks ago in this offseason, they come back a legitimate Super Bowl contender, in my opinion. I think they jump to the front of the pack in the AFC. I think they leapfrog Denver and New England if they get both of those players, which, I mean, that's a huge if. Yeah. That's a huge if. We're talking extreme hypotheticals here. But I would want Adrian Peterson on my team for the next two years, the next three years, the next four years. I don't care. I think he, he's one of the five best players in the NFL right now. And you I want a 35-year-old Adrian Peterson on your team? 34-year-old yeah. Adrian? I don't. If I, don't. I can have if I have a, a 29-year-old Adrian Peterson, a 30-year-old Adrian Peterson, and so on, then yeah, I'll take the 35-year-old when it comes. I, I got to disagree. I, I think we're going to see a steep drop-off in Adrian Peterson, not this year, but probably starting next year. You know who I don't want on my team? A 35-year-old Josh McCown. That, <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> you know who has 35-year-old Josh McCown? The Cleveland Browns, who never have personnel problems. Especially a quarterback. They've been really stable at quarterback over the last few years. Or when I say the last few years, I mean Decades. F- 15 to 20 years. <laughs> so they solved all that by bringing in Josh McCown. Yeah, yeah, definitely an old, unathletic quarterback who's never been good in the league, except for one just completely improbable stretch two years ago where he, granted, did go 13 touchdowns and one interception in eight games played for the Bears. Other than that, he's just been dreadful for his career. I mean, career-wise, he has 61 touchdowns and 59 interceptions for a career pass rating of 76 points. And that's brought up significantly by his year in Chicago. That's the thing. The last two years, he's been pretty highly sought after as a free agent. He got a huge deal in Tampa Bay before they let him go. I don't know how much this Cleveland deal is worth. I don't think they've announced it yet, but they signed him for three years. Yeah, that's the part that blows my mind. He's 35 years old. We know what Josh McCown is at this point. His career record is 17 and 32. That is not good. No, and for some reason, him and Mark Trestman were just a match made in heaven. Because I, honestly, if I were picking teams, I wouldn't want either of those guys on my team. But you put them together and fucking magic happens, apparently. And you had Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey. Now he's going to Cleveland where he has Andrew Hawkins and Taylor Gabriel because Josh Gordon's not going to be playing this year. Yeah, man, no, I, I I don't know what they're thinking with this. There were a lot of places where I thought Josh McCown might sign and where I thought that he might be a decent backup. Because that's what he is. He's a career backup, and you can live with him as your backup. You're not even excited about him as your backup. No. <laughs> but there's a good chance he could be starting. If they have an open quarterback competition, there's a, I would not be surprised if he beats out Johnny Manziel, considering how Manziel played last year. Yeah, absolutely true. I mean, we'll see if Manziel cleans himself up, and I don't know what kind of problem he had, if any, but if he just plays like he did last year, I think McCown is probably a better quarterback than him, which isn't really saying much. But I don't know. If, if you're going to go with Josh McCown, why wouldn't you just make Brian Hoyer an offer, the guy that you had last year? Yeah, I don't get that. I think Brian Hoyer is probably better than McCown, although that's debatable. It is debatable. So we'll see what happens there. Moving on to our next story. This is a crazy story for me. This is the NCAA at its worst. You know, they have all these crazy rules for improper benefits and all that. And, you know, some of them are a little bit questionable. Some of them, I think, are good rules. They need some of them. But this one's nuts. There's this kid who was a walk-on at Baylor. Silas Nasita is Silas his name. Silas Nasita, that's right. Goes by Salsa Nacho due to an autocorrect incident, apparently. <laughs> I could see how that would happen. So he's a walk-on at the, on the Baylor football team, and he was couch surfing for the last few years, actually, sleeping on people's couches and floors and didn't never really had, you know, a permanent home. So a family friend bought him an apartment. They said, we don't want you sleeping on floors anymore. We'll help you pay for this apartment. I don't even think they're fully paying for it. I think they're helping him pay for it. So we'll help you pay for this apartment. And you can live, you can go to school, he's been getting good grades. He was an academic All-Big 12 last season, and he's been playing good football for them. Yes, he walked on the football team, and the NCAA said, you are getting improper benefits from this apartment that your friends are helping you pay for. You are off the team. 
This is insane to me. He chose to accept help instead of being homeless, and the NCAA is saying, nope, sorry, he's a walk-on player. So they don't play, they don't pay room and board for him at all. He's on his own to find living conditions. It sounds like the reason for that is they're try, the NCAA doesn't want improper benefits going to the athletes. Essentially, they don't want the schools to be able to skirt scholarship requirements and rules because they have a certain amount of scholarships they're allowed to give out. And I guess they feel like this violates the spirit of that in some way. I think that's crazy. Some of you who listen know Steve and I are both law students. The laws are written in such a way that court systems are able to apply them so that you don't usually have a one-size-fits-all kind of situation. And then higher-level courts can change what the law, how the laws are actually interpreted to fix situations like that. I don't think the NCAA has anything like that. It will be interesting to see them institute some kind of judicial panel that could reinvent the rules when they clearly are not meeting the, the requirements or meeting the spirit of the rule and how they're applied to real-life situations. All they need is a review board. They should review this. They should reinstate him. And Baylor should give him some kind of scholarship, even if it's only partial, to cover a room and board. Like you said, he's academic all Big 12, so they could give him an academic scholarship, I think. Let's move on to Sports Madness. Matt, you ready for that? Always love Sports Madness. Sports Madness. So a few weeks ago, we were talking about Adidas and how they were going to give a Porsche to the three fastest players at the NFL Combine. Well, J.J. Nelson from University of Alabama, Birmingham, actually ran the fastest 40 at the Combine, and he did it in the cleats that Adidas told him he needed to wear, and they're still not going to give him the money. They were going to give Porsches, but the NFL said, you can't give a Porsche because we have a contract with General Motors. So Adidas said they're going to give out hundred grand instead of the Porsche. So because J.J. Nelson ran the fastest in these Adidas cleats, he was going to get hundred grand, but he didn't because there were two conditions that he needed to fill. One, he needed to wear the Adidas cleats, and two, he needed to sign an endorsement deal with Adidas. He didn't sign the endorsement deal with Adidas because they never offered it to him, and now he's out hundred grand. First of all, I don't even understand why they didn't offer it to him. Isn't this the kind of guy that Adidas would want on their sponsorship list? Well, I think a lot of it had to do with, you know, the spotlight. He was kind of un an unknown player coming into the, into the combine. He only weighs 158 pounds. He's a really tiny guy from a small school. And the three players they ended up giving the 100 grand to are all first and second round draft picks this year. So I think that really had a lot to do with it. It just really stinks for J.J. Nelson because he wore the Adidas cleats. He ran a 4-2-7, I think it was, and he's still not going to get paid. And he recently said that at his pro day, he's going to wear Nikes. Yeah, I think it looks pretty pretty terrible for Adidas. It looks like a, a public relations kind of nightmare for them. I don't see why they're doing that. They, they said they're going to do something. They don't carry through with it. It just looks bad. Moving on to our next Sports Madness story. We got Peyton Manning, who apparently put his ass and balls and rectum <laughs> on a female trainer's face while she was examining his foot while he was in college. And this story has essentially come out recently. Yeah. He wrote about it in his book, but he said that he just mooned her. She sued him at the time and said, no, that's not what happened. She was examining his foot. He, for some reason, pulled down his shorts and put his bare ass and other bits on her face. And they ended up settling out of court. He has since violated that settlement agreement by talking about it on ESPN. So she came after him again. And now this is like really coming to light. This is just kind of crazy when you compare it to now. Imagine if social media had been around back then. Would Peyton Manning still have been drafted first overall? Would people be worrying about his off-the-field maturity issues like they are with Jameis Winston? Yeah, you're absolutely right. My favorite part of this is the quote that the trainer gave. She's she describing the incident. She said, It was the gluteus maximus, the rectum, 
the testicles, and the area in between the testicles. So that gives you an idea of how full of a face she got of Peyton Manning's bits and parts. So <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that part of it. But you're right. You know, ah, if, poor girl. If the story would have come out in 1996 when Peyton Manning was a senior in college, would it have affected his you know public image? Would it have ruined his, his public image? You could say it may have even wrecked him. <laughs> Seriously, though, this honestly, I've always had a lot of respect for Peyton Manning. It seems like he's the kind of guy who approaches the game the right way. This makes me lose some respect for him because that shit's not cool. Just plain and simple. One quick last Sports Madness story. This is a short one. Rex Ryan did the most Rex Ryan thing ever, and he got his brand new pickup truck outfitted with a gigantic Buffalo Bills logo on it. And one of my buddies, who's a Bills fan, pointed out that the logo is actually facing backwards, so the Buffalo on the truck is only charging if the truck is going in reverse, (laughs) which is such a Bills thing to happen. Classic, and classic Rex Ryan, just like, I'm going to be the loudest, biggest man in the room. Blah. <laughs> Did you hear what he said about Stefan Gilmore? No. He I... said he has Darrell Rivas talent. Uh, okay. <laughs> you know who has Darrell Rivas talent? Darrell Rivas. That's <laughs> at, about it. And not Stefan Gilmore at yeah. all. That's all the time we have today, but this is Sports Appeal with your host, me, Matt Axelrod. And I'm Steve Gross. You can find us every week right here on podbean.com. Just search for Hazard Audio. You can find us on the Rivet News Radio app and the Stitcher Radio app. Tweet at us at the Sports Appeal or email us at sportsappealshow at gmail.com. We're produced by Johnny Five as always, powered by Hazard Audio. And the music playing us out is going to be Trumpets by Full Service. Hazard Audio. I'm a sucker for a beat. I'm a human and I have my
Okay, what do you want?